0: Hey, everyone. This is Jim Gast with No Law Firm Left Behind, and I want to thank you for joining me. It's been a little bit of a hiatus for us, and uh, but we've got a fantastic topic. Uh, a little bit of background real quick. I'm, again, Jim Gast. Uh, we're out of Cincinnati, Ohio, serving law firms across the country, and No Law Firm Left Behind is our podcast slash live stream show to help law firms uh, stay prepared for all kinds of different things, improve their their technology, improve their businesses, through advice and marketing and such. So listen, this topic is really important. and uh, and what we're finding is that it is an absolutely maybe ignored uh, or just unknown a uh, topic that uh, most law firms are not paying attention to. So here you are, uh, every law firm should have, if you don't have it, cyber liability insurance, right? Boring topic, absolutely boring topic. And, uh, and, and you know it's an insurance topic. And unless you're an insurance person, it's probably not a fun topic. And so, but we have to talk about it. Why do we have to talk about it? Because, well, your business is at risk if you don't have it. We're not going to talk about how to get it. We're not going to talk about the different types of it. We're going to talk about the actual process of making sure that you can get, uh, get, you know, file a claim and get approved for a claim in the event that a cyber attack should devastate and demolish your business at a certain time. What we're seeing is that. Um, that may not be the case for a lot of law firms. So let's just kind of get right down to it. There are three things to consider about cyber liability insurance, and we're going to talk about those. But what I want you to understand is this. Insurance companies are not in the business of giving you money for a claim that they don't have to pay. If you didn't do your part, they don't want to pay your claim it's not their responsibility it wasn't you know it wasn't something that they planned for within the framework of your policy let's give a simple analogy on this okay if you have auto insurance most people have car insurance and they drive their cars every day if you are an unlicensed driver and you get into an accident the auto insurance company is not going the car insurance company is not going to cover you Because you didn't follow the rules and that rule was on their application that or in their policy that only licensed drivers will be driving the cars that they insure. So you're going to be holding the bag. All right, you're going to be holding the bag for a demolished car that's maybe totaled. You're going to be holding the bag for potentially somebody else's claim. You know that it was if it was your accident, your fault. You're going to be held responsible for all the medical ins- medical in- uh, payments of yours and anybody else's, and you know so on and so forth. Cyber liability insurance from an insurance carrier is no different. All right, if you think, and this is one big misconception. If you think that your errors and omissions and your general liability business insurance will cover you in a cyber attack, you are almost certainly gravely mistaken. And this is what one of the big misconceptions is. It won't. Those are for different things, right? Those are absolutely different types of insurance policies that law firms must have, right? professional uh, professional uh, uh, professional liability, right? Arizona emissions, general liability. those are different types of insurance policies. If you think an insurance, if you get cyber attacked, right and your stuff was hit by ransomware it's all locked and you can't do anything and you call your insurance company and say, hey, we're hit, they say you've only got EO and general liability, you're out of luck, okay? They won't cover it. It's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars out of your own pocket to remediate whatever situation exists, right? And so it it goes back to insurance companies are not in the business of paying claims that they don't have to. If there's a loophole, right, which really isn't a loophole, you don't have the right kind of insurance, they're going to not pay for it. They don't want to, you know, sorry, we can't help you. You know, it's like if you don't have medical insurance and you have to have a surgery, sorry, you have to pay for it. Right. Ultimately, you're going to pay for this out of your pocket. This is why it's so important to pay attention. OK, uh, and, and I'm going to give you some resolutions on all this stuff towards the end here. Uh, we've only got like 30 minutes or so to talk about it. I don't even know what will take the whole time. But and if you think that it's your IT guys or IT departments or or managed service provider or managed service provider ourselves. If you think it's their responsibility to make sure that your security and compliance is maintained and where it needs to be for your insurance to pay for a claim, that's another big misconception. It's not their responsibility. It is a C-level conversation that needs to take place at the highest level, at the ownership level, that needs to say, hey, you know, we need this type of stuff in place because this is what our application requires. Now, can that be IT involved? Yeah, you should have your IT department involved. You should have your IT, your managed service provider, your IT consultants involved. They're the ones that should implement these things. They can help you different uh discern what is multi-factor authentication where should multi-factor authentication be applied they can also point out there are lots of problems on all of the applications we've ever seen okay that are vague vague issues for example are your systems covered by multi-factor authentication that's a question i've seen on an ohio uh, ohio bar liability insurance uh, application right it's oblique right It's just one of the examples. And so the question that an IT person would bring to the table is, well, we know what multi-factor authentication is, but what systems do you want us to cover, right? We can do it on all these systems, but we can't do it on these systems. What happens over here? And so they can give you the advice to go back to whoever it is and get clarification on that. And that clarification is very important. You can't be vague. You can't leave it up for interpretation because guess what? The minute you take the interpretation into your own hands from the insurance company is the minute they're going to say, well, we didn't tell you that. So, again, it's not a conversation that should an expectation that should be there that your IT department has you covered. Let me give you a great example. Okay, so I'm talking a lot about this right now. It's very important uh, topic. And so I put out a lot of emails to all of our customers about new technologies, new cybersecurity that we need to put in place to help them be covered because insurance companies are requiring it, right? And so I put it out, and uh, one of the partners at a law firm asked if uh, they they called me up and said, "Hey Jim, do you got us covered on this?" And I said, "Well, that's a really good question. Let's talk about that for a minute. What does having you covered mean?" And so we're an IT provider. We're a managed service provider. We provide security services to all of our customers, right? But do we have them covered? And what's the word covered mean? So here's what I explained to them. And this is the way it is for most IT departments, okay? IT departments, IT outsource consultants, uh, and so on and so forth. Here's what we have for you right now, okay? We are providing your antivirus, we are providing your firewall, we are providing your, your web filtering software, your security patching software, okay? We're providing all these things. What does covered mean? Well, if one of those things don't do its job, okay, and, and what is the job of it to, you know, to keep working, right? If it doesn't patch itself, if it gets disabled, if it if it, is, uh, f- it isn't Working, in other words, it's not running, okay? We've got that. We get alerts and say, hey, antivirus disabled, antivirus didn't update, patches didn't get applied, computers need to rebooted, so on and so on and so. On. We have you covered in that area. But there's a whole other aspect of security, right? And what we're talking about is broad conversations here. Okay. So if your antivirus gets disabled and one of your computers has a lot of data being flowing out of it, gigs and gigs and gigs of data flowing out of it, and there is activity on your firewall from China, okay, China trying to hit your firewall or traffic going to China, all right, we don't have you covered like that. We can, okay, we can put something in place. And so this is the type of thing that's a misconception. What what we're saying is that insurance is requiring this stuff. Okay, you've only got this stuff. Okay, so let's take that car analogy again. I think it's a great a great thing. You've got liability coverage. Okay, that means if you get into an accident, the other party's covered, but you're not. Okay, that's one. Then you've got the full coverage, right? You're covered and they're covered, and so on and so on. Right? What? We're talking, what this customer was asking is, what do I have? You need to understand from your IT provider, what do you have, right? That is a security and compliance conversation that most of them are not bringing to you to understand. And if they're not bringing it to you, then it's very possible that that cyber insurance, the cyber liability insurance may not be, the requirements may not be, be being met by your organization. And so we need to have that dialogue. OK, so again, it's not your IT department's job to bring this to you. They might not know it. I mean, they know how to make things work. OK, they're not executive level most of the time. So uh, the other thing is that uh, is that I, I will say this much. OK, believe it or not, when it comes to cyber sec- cybersecurity compliance, believe it or not, when it comes to uh these catastrophes it's not your IT department's job to take the first step okay they don't know what to do if there was as ransomware you know they're going to say who's your cyber liability insurance carrier we need to call them that's the first step okay now if that first step means that you ultimately call somebody and they say you don't have anything here we can't help you you don't have cyber liability insurance you're gonna have to pay it you know or your business is going to be down for a really long time. It is in your best interest to make sure that you you have this coverage and you know that you have this coverage And so a lot of people that misconception that first misconception we've got it is the biggest problem. they don't know that they've got it or not the uh, the other thing I'd like to say is that, you know, uh, when it comes to the, uh, the application, let's suppose you do have cyber, cyber liability insurance. Let's suppose you filled out that application, you checked all the check boxes. Two things you need to ask yourself who filled it out, and did they just check the boxes just so they could get coverage? That's a really, really bad thing. Okay. If you didn't have a conversation with, a, you know, the, the higher levels of the organization. If you didn't have a conversation with your IT and that person just filled out the application just to get it off their desk and move on so that we can find that coverage, guess what? When it comes time for a claim, you're going to get stung pretty bad. So that's the first thing, right? You need to make sure the stuff on that application is actually um, valid. You do not want to just check the boxes, dare I say, lie. You know, I know that people don't generally do it on purpose. They just don't know, okay? And say, well, I think we've got that. And they check the box and move on to the next thing. So that's the first thing. The other thing is when you do check the box and say you do validate that, you do have whatever it is that that requirement is, whether it's a cybersecurity technology or cybersecurity policy or some cybersecurity framework or some whatever it is, right? Well, you may have had it at that point. But what a lot of people don't realize is things change. Technology isn't something that just stays. Security isn't just something that stays. I mean, it has to be maintained. It has to be updated. Let me give you a real example. All right. Let's suppose the day you fill the day whoever it is fills out that cyber liability insurance policy application. They can check the box for multi-factor authentication. Yep, we use multi-factor authentication on Microsoft 365. We use it on our VPN. Okay, great, perfect. Three, four months later, you decide to get some web-based application, Salesforce, who knows what it is, right? And, or maybe it's Dropbox. I don't know, right? It could be any application. And that application was implemented without considering The implications of that application, uh, of of that program, if you will, on the cyber liability application, right? And so we didn't implement multi-factor authentication on it. And then Salesforce is hit, okay? And all of your customer data is stolen or Dropbox is hit. And I'm using these examples. And all that information is locked up in ransom. Then you, you need it back because you need to run your business. Well, guess what? It didn't comply with what the application that you filled out three months ago said that you're complying with it did at the time but it wasn't even part of the conversation because you didn't have it so it's a moving target as to keep as as to what needs to be uh compliant to the application what if you had security patching, but it's it you it, it changed it vendors and now the new and the new it vendor doesn't do it the same way and it doesn't comply, right? Web filtering, so on and so on and so on. So my recommendation is this, all right, we need to put a solution in place that continually evaluates whether our security technology or our our security policies, because they're there's they're, they're both on applications most of the time, are continually adhering to what we said in the beginning to to bind our cyber liability insurance policies, right? We need to look at that. IT providers are not looking at that. By the way, if you have any questions want to know how this is done, you can direct message me. Everybody can find me. I'm easy to find. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all over LinkedIn, all over Facebook. You know, I'm easy to find. Just, message me any way you like. Go to our website, www.splice.net, fill out a contact form, and I'll, I'll happily talk to you about it. Because here's the thing, you'll be paying for it when and if you need it, and they say no, okay, we're going to deny your claim because you don't you just don't apply, right? I want you to think about the implications of this, right? Insurance. We pay for insurance because, well, when we need it, we need it. Okay. And so it's an investment that we make to mini- mitigate some financial risk. If you don't do what I'm suggesting, and that's make sure that your systems match up with what your, your cyber liability insurance requirements are, then you'll have been paying for something for no reason whatsoever. So that money's thrown away. Okay. Now, who wants to throw away insurance premiums? Raise your hand. No one does, right? No one wants to throw money away. It's bad enough that you'd be throwing that money away, but then you're going to be left holding the bag because you're going to have to fix your business, whatever that is. You're going to have to pay third-party consultants. Let's suppose you blame your IT company, okay? No problem, you know? IT companies get blamed for this stuff all the time, right? And you decide to fire them. Maybe it wasn't their fault, but, you know, hey, somebody's got to, you know, somebody's got to pay the piper, right? And you fire them and you go with another IT provider. Guess what? You're going to pay that other IT provider. And they're not going to do it for free. No one's going to get you out of the mess that you're in for free. And who's got hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay? I've seen ransoms as high as half a million dollars on businesses of, you know, 25 people. It's real. It's a realistic thing. And on top of that, think about it like this. You've got no leverage. When it comes time for that cyber attack to, you know, to be remediated in some form or fashion, you know, the system's going to lock up and it's going to say, hey, pay us in this, pay us half a million dollars, $250,000 in Bitcoin, you know, and we'll unlock your stuff. Do you know how to go about paying somebody in Bitcoin? You know, I've been in this business for 25 years and I know that I can find the information on how to pay, find somebody in Bitcoin pretty quickly. I've got a couple of accounts here and there. I've never had to do it, but uh, as a technology person, I could do it, or I have colleagues that can tell me really quickly how to do it. But what if you don't have that? Most technology people, they don't transact in Bitcoin. So now you've got to figure something out. By the way, the clock is ticking, okay? So when you get that ransom, they're not just going to leave that open-ended. They put it on time. You have 24 hours. You have 48 hours to pay us in, you know, in Bitcoin to this account, all right? Do you want to be messing around? And if you don't pay them, by the way, they're going to delete your data, make it unrecoverable Do you want to be trying to figure that out at that point? That's why you need that insurance company to help you because they know what they're doing. Here's another thing. When you do, when and if that does get paid, you're a victim. You're beholden to that that hacker, that criminal that's extorting money out of you. You're beholden to them at that point and you have to trust them that they'll unlock your stuff. You don't know if they're going to do that. They don't have to. They steal your money Close your systems down and run away, and you're out. Whatever it is, you're out, right? You have no idea. Cyber liability insurance carriers, you need them because they know the process, they know what to do. They have third party consultants that are going to come in that they're going to pay. Okay, I can't see my fingers. That they're going to pay. Okay, they're going to tell you what to do. They're going to pay the ransomware and they're going to guarantee that your your stuff is going to get fixed because they're going to they're going to know the probability of that ransomer criminal. They're going to have the probability of them unlocking yourself and doing what they say they're going to do, right? If they're going to hold their end of the deal up. As a matter of fact, insurance companies generally have organizations that negotiate the ransom. I've, been, I've seen half a million dollar ransoms negotiated down to $80,000 through an insurance company because they have organizations. Do you have all that? Most organizations do not. So if you do not know if your organization, your law firm, had a claim that would absolutely be approved and not denied, then you need to have someone evaluate your current situation to make sure it matches up with the cyber liability insurance policy. And again, you know, this is what we're going to spend a lot of time conversing about over the next month. Um, this is a very important topic. You know, it it, it is, it is just, It's paramount to almost every law firm's business right now. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, my IT guy can fix that for us. We've got backups also. Well, those same stories that I just told you, I've seen in those same stories where the backups that are immutable storage, right, where they were actually adulterated, right, where they weren't able to go back to. Um, and a lot of insurance companies will say, well, "We're not going to restore from backup. We're going to do something different." Uh, so, listen, if you if you don't know that your insurance company would cover you, reach out to me. Okay, I'm easy to find. And so, but if you want to follow this topic, that's this going to be a progressing top top progressing topic for the next month or so. I've got a lot to say on this. We're going to be putting a lot of uh, material out there on this. Uh, some horror stories are coming. You know, I, I I hate to say it, but you know, we're going to talk about some general n- anonymous organizations, law firms that have been denied claims, uh, so that everybody can learn from it. But if you're not a member of our group on 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 LinkedIn, our No Law Firm Behind, No Law Firm Left Behind group on LinkedIn, the link's right there. Just go search No Law Firm Left Behind on LinkedIn, or you could probably search it on on Google as well, and you'll probably find a nice hit join the group. We're going to publish all this material there. We'll also put it on our YouTube channel and on our website. Uh, If you're looking for for it on our website, just go to splice.net forward slash no law firm left behind. You'll find all this great information. But if you don't know, most important, if you don't know, if you would be covered in the situation where you had a claim, don't guess. You need to know that it matches up there's a process to figure it out that we'll help you with just reach out to me and i'm happy to help but remember ENO, O general liability ain't going to cover you on a cyber liability insurance uh cyber liability insurance claim okay security and compliance is not the role and responsibility of your it department they're a part of it but they take guidance from higher level okay from your insurance company or from C levels at your organization. And if you think you're covered uh, and it's included in your IT services, you know, that's like an apples and orange conversation. Make sure, right? Just like, hey, do you have me covered, Jim? You know, I want you to understand what I have you covered for. So three big misconceptions. Hope that helps clarify some things. Hope this, this, uh, this podcast helps out. And uh, we'll be talking again next week about this. So, Have a great day.